0: Hi and a big welcome to another episode of Laughter and Lunges with your hosts Catherine and Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us today. We would love it if you
1: could rate, follow and share the podcast so that it can reach even more ears. Here's today's episode.
0: It's very cold today. Oh, here she is and you're in my earphones this time.
1: Amazing, Sarah Cannon
0: would love to join
1: as a speaker.
0: Whoop, whoop. Oh, here's Dawn. I wonder if Dawn got absolutely soaked from the walk. I think she she sent her a photo of like the clouds, oh, and man. she said that she was trying to avoid them this morning. And I don't know if she was successful or not. Dawn, do let us know.
1: Yeah, are you dry or are you soaking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she beat it back. Amazing. Oh, I'm not in the chat. There we go, now I'm on the chat.
0: How are you, my friend?
1: Delightful, thank you. And all the better, you know, I say this probably every week, but it's true every week. All the better for seeing your lovely little face
0: on a Saturday morning this time. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I like my Saturday mornings. They're very chilled out. And I spent some time this morning geeking out on looking up. Cold water immersion because <laughs> it was one of our one of our uh, lovely empowered innate members asked a question about it, so I was having a little delve into that with my cup of tea in my trek bar this morning. I'm also freezing. <laughs> it's so cold this morning.
1: <laughs> Do you know what? It's not too bad here. Like I'm really noticing a shift of as much as it said it was like one degree. It definitely doesn't feel like how it would sort of before Christmas time at that same temperature. Definitely you can, yeah, it's nice. Short season is is ever edging closer for sure.
0: It's a different one degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, I actually can't believe that we're now approaching the end of week three of Maladonate. It is madness, isn't it? It's absolutely it wild. Um, but we have we have some awesome questions which we are going to cover today. But if anybody has any questions while we're chatting, feel free to put them in the chat, and we will do our best to answer. If we can't answer and we need to go away and research, we'll like do that. But we will do our very very best to answer.
1: Yeah, we we won't BS you and try and style it out if we're not sure. We'll let you know. <laughs> Be what BS oh
0: what did you think I said I don't know I thought you said like some musician's name and I was like I don't know who that is or like a reference to a movie but you said BS yeah as in bull yeah yeah jobby bull jobby I feel like I'm still immersed in the cold water immersion papers Maybe you should have like
1: out. splashed your face with water before you came on the live just to sort of oh, yeah. wake yourself up from from the uh, research slumber.
0: Damn it. <laughs> Didn't do that. Did not do that. Um, um, you said you were out for a walk with Otis this morning.
1: Yes, I was. We have to pick our walks very strategically at the moment for where is not so waterlogged and muddy, because it's just been so rainy lately, that it kind of gets a bit soul destroying. Basically having to just one, your dog walking clothes, you there once and then they've got to go in the wash. But also the poor little Otis has to have a little bath every time he comes back. And by bath, it's really awful. It's Matt says he's got like um I don't know what he calls it, but it whatever it is, it's just an oversized bucket. He makes it sound quite nice, but it's just an oversized bucket that he fills with water
0: to clean Otis in. And I just feel sad for him. Is it at least like relatively warm water, not cold? Is it cold water? <gasps> oh Otis. <laughs> And we will find out later what that's doing
1: for his muscle protein synthesis. But poor dog's got no gains.
0: (laughs) I know he's back from his walks like, oh, no,
1: not again. At least he's not sore. You know, that's the thing. He's saying it works for him.
0: He's ready to go again, like five minutes after his bath
1: yeah he's loving it so yeah but it was a nice walk it's just nice being out and I always think especially on a weekend in the morning pre 9am everyone you see on a walk is just so friendly like everyone's saying good morning and they're just happy to be out which is always really welcome as well
0: Hmm. oh that's nice would you like a question
1: yeah let's we should probably go through them shouldn't we it's what we're here for
0: let's let's do it we're here for a bit of banter as well True saying I really enjoyed our uh, banter and beverages group call on Thursday evening. That was, that was good fun. Me very much. So I learned so much on those calls, how
1: useful the facts are that I learn on the calls. I'm still, I'm still unsure of, but I very much enjoy it. It's, it's opening my eyes to a a whole world. I I've not known about
0: a whole new world. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So we have our first question from the lovely Patsy. Whilst we're swaying back and forward, oh, side to side. Pre-game exercise and nutrition tips question. I love how she's titled it as well. She's like given us like a, almost a like a, up. this is the topic for you. <laughs> um, I have a roller derby game on Sunday, two back to back actually, with that like grimace face. Games are two 30 minutes with 15 minutes break in the middle. I am the sprinter type person and can be in play up to eight to nine times a half. I get up to six minutes rest between intense two minute sprints slash explosive movements. And then she's like like drawn a similarity between that and having to do two minutes of surprise burpees. She doesn't actually do burpees in roller derby, <laughs> but it's like, that's like what, it's like a comparison. She says, why the hell do I do this? Um, Should I hold off my gym session today and tomorrow as planned? What should I do instead? Um, What should I eat to fuel for two games and to refuel between games?
1: Wow, I love this. Also, imagine you were trying to do two minutes of burpees in like roller skates. That would just be immense. (laughs) is that possible patsy let us know but please don't (laughs) do that before your games just let us know if that's possible thank you
0: oh i'd love to find out
1: And me, and if it is possible i want a video but aside from that i love this question there's so much to it i guess training wise if we start on that it sounds like the the games themselves it's going to be quite intense in terms of lower body like if it's more sprint type movements so i'd be I'd be steering clear of doing like any real kind of lower body movements in the gym for like a day or two before to make sure that your legs are feeling fresh. And if you do still want to train, then going in and doing upper body will probably be sound and it's going to depend really on how well you recover from that as well anyway because obviously you probably when you're sprinting you are going to be wanting to like drive your arms and things like that to get a bit of a sprint on clearly i'm very technically gifted when it comes to sprinting but i would say you if you want to go in and do like upper body that will be probably sound and you could always look at doing some lower body mobility and kind of gentle sort of um just mobility drills really to to loosen up a little bit if you feel that like you want to get in a bit of movement sorry in my head i was going to say something and i'm like that's going to sound wrong but yeah if you want to move the lower body a little bit <laughs> then if I'll you want you to
0: move just... your body <laughs>
1: um i was going to say if you want some movement down below <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, these lives recently by the way where is everybody's head going
1: i know i know then yes, yeah, some lower body mobility will probably be
0: a good shout as well Thank i you. totally agree totally agree um and like the point about having your legs feeling fresh by kind of taking a couple of days away from doing lower body i think that's a, a good shout um And when it comes to like, I don't have anything to add there when it comes to the nutrition side of things, I think like, keep it, keep it simple. You're not going in to do like a ton of endurance work. Um, if you were say, for example, going to do like run, run a half marathon or a marathon, then we would potentially get you looking at doing like a little bit of carb loading and trying out like intra workout carbohydrates, um, Oh, the guys are saying it's too early for that. this kind of chat on a Saturday morning. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, yeah, I wouldn't worry a ton. What I would make sure that you do is the evening before, get a decent meal in, make sure there's a source of carb- carbohydrates within there. What that's going to do is increase your muscle glycogen so that you've got stores of glycogen, which are basically... Um, Like chains of carbohydrates that are really easily accessible to you when you need to do probably like this kind of you're saying about two minutes ish of sprints. You know you're going to start using carbohydrates to do that. So yeah, make sure that you're you topped up your muscle stores by having some carbs the evening before with your meal. Similar, you know, if you're going to eat breakfast beforehand do the same again and I know for Patsy she loves um, overnight oats so maybe you have some overnight oats for breakfast um, before the game and then when you go along to the game take like light snacks with you um, you don't need to overthink it you know stuff like a cereal bar a banana anything like that that sits nicely in your stomach that doesn't feel too heavy to when you're going to go and sprint you're not going to feel sick because you've got like a whole meal sat inside your stomach so I would do that also stay hydrated sip on water whilst you're you're there Um, you probably don't need to worry about things like electrolytes and stuff unless you're doing like a lot of sweating or if it's like really really warm in the hall that you're doing your roller derby in but other than that yeah I think that's that's probably about it and then just make sure you have plenty of protein in like your evening meal afterwards for recovery.
1: Yeah I would agree with everything you've said there there's not really anything that I'd add I just think it's interesting almost like I wonder what time the games are as well is it like a morning thing or is it going to be like later in the day but the only thing I would add there is you would just probably eat really as normal in terms of making sure you've got that balanced meal a couple of hours before you do go for the game so whatever time of day that is if it is a bit later on um then yeah make sure you're just eating those balanced meals with like carbohydrates as well for the energy as Catherine said but otherwise yeah nothing really to add to that just hope the games go well and let us know about that and the burpees please thank you Oh, I'm looking and... forward to sorry you Catherine. Go ahead. no no I was you just go ahead. thinking there you said about hydration and I think often that's the thing like that we often forget about isn't it it's almost like how can I eat for that but the hydration side of it just making sure that you are sipping on water and things like that in between games and throughout that is so so important too so yeah I think that's such a good point
0: noise i don't, i would say um like drink to thirst during the the games um don't overdo it with the water because you might go into it being like oh i need to like Catherine and sarah told me that i need to drink more so i'm gonna like really really try and drink more than i would and that uh, then you're gonna have to like try and go away in the middle of a game on your roller skates to go to the bathroom because you need to pee every five minutes um but yeah like like sarah says don't um forget about the hydration side of things definitely yeah um
1: think one other thing I'd just say with this as well actually because I know that Patsy plays a lot of like roller derby is almost see what you do this game like we can always monitor it and always adapt it for other games like be aware of how kind of fueled you felt what you did eat before what you kind of snacked on and how your energy felt during that time and also how your recovery feels and then let us know like through check-ins and things like that how you feel and we can always then like adapt anything based on that feedback because a lot of this this is like general sort of advice of what can be helpful but then it's going to vary person to person in terms of how you feel eating those foods and recovering from that as well so keep us posted how it goes and we can always like adapt things based on that feedback too such a
0: good point totally agree Next, questione. Me again with a gym question. Laughing face. We love gym questions. Like, we please do. keep them coming. We love all questions. Can static lunges do the same job as the walking version? Sometimes gym space is limited, so I need to adapt. Wow. Did, did you want to go first on this one? Or just... Yeah, I can go first. I think, errand. like, indeed. I think you could kind of when you look at like you break the movement down you look at walking lunges versus static lunges you could probably argue that walking lunges place a bit more of an emphasis on that front leg with each step that you take because you're not then pushing back and using like your back leg as much you're still using both legs because you're alternating as you step but I think here it depends on what the goal is right so if if your goal is to improve your balance which for some people it might be and it can be quite like an important emphasis as well as we age this isn't necessary for this person who's asking this question but it might be a useful movement pattern for someone who wants to work on either maintaining balance or improving balance but if you're if you're going into this with the goal of getting stronger and building muscle then I would always or like nearly always opt for the movement that is it feels more stable you're always going to get better muscle growth and strength increases the more stable you are with the movement Um, and that for you might not be walking lunges if you find that your balance is off with it but like for this person they're saying that space is limited so if your space is limited and you're like I'm not I'm just not I'm gonna skip this and not do anything then doing static lunges is like the best alternative and in fact it might potentially be a little bit better because you're going to be more stable anyway if you compare that to say um, like split stance RDLs you'll see people like lifting their back leg off of the off of the floor whilst they do it and they may have to compromise on the weight because their balance is affected by that but if you're actually then like maybe keeping that leg down or you're holding on to something while you're doing that movement to keep yourself steady and keep yourself balanced that might might mean that you're able to increase the weight and you're not worried about falling over and having to like adjust your position and stuff so I would I would say that um know there are differences in the way that you're recruiting your muscles and which muscles uh have more emphasis placed on them um but for this individual who is like saying the space is limited yeah like perfectly fine you're probably not going to see much difference at all when it comes to like your strength gains if you opt for static lunges
1: yeah agreed i mean again not really too much to add in terms of yeah, it's a really useful swap. I mean, swapping one lunge pattern for another lunge pattern is going to be very similar in terms of benefits, and any of the sort of differences are going to be, as Catherine said, really in terms of like loading. So you can probably load a static lunge more than you can a walking lunge. And um, so again, in terms of the benefits of it, there they're probably there might be certain benefits you'll get from doing the static lunges that you want from the walking lunges and again I know these are programmed in your program so almost like where they come within that as well might impact whether you choose to load them with a barbell or whether with dumbbells because something like that I mean walking lunges are are nasty
0: um <laughs> I programmed that I think <laughs> sorry I, yeah, yes,
1: you did um but yeah I think just that really like I said there's not really a lot to to add to that I think there's lots of there's different benefits to to both and swapping over is no problem at all
0: yeah totally agree okie dokie next question um there is some chat that cold water immersion can blunt muscle protein synthesis but what is the magnitude of effect love this question by the way (laughs) because i think so so often we haven't actually finished I'm reading it out but so often people will say there's this effect from this certain thing whether it's like positive or negative effect on muscle building or fitness or whatever and we don't really then question what the size of that effect is because is it worth changing our behaviors in order to like impact this effect or not if it's going to be like a 0.1% difference it's probably doesn't matter type thing but anyway um is it really only an issue of trying to obtain bodybuilding type gains also if the immersion is a couple of hours before training rather than after does that not have the same impact i'm not doing it for recovery purposes i'm doing it for the crack with pals so regardless of the answer i'll carry on doing it this question is just out of curiosity Amazing. I think this is such a popular
1: topic at the moment, isn't it? Like with cold water immersion, with a lot of people doing ice baths and well, cold sea dips in this case. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting one. And the reasons behind why people are using it again is quite varied. For some people, it is recovery. For some people, they're saying more on their sort of the mental health benefits of doing that. So I guess, obviously, this is more out of curiosity, but in more general terms, I'd be, again, questioning almost the intention behind why you would want to do that. So for this person, there's like the social aspect of doing the, the C-dips. So it's almost like, well, when we look at what our other goals are in the grand scheme of things, where which one do we value the most is it that social interaction with friends or is it as this question says you know like bodybuilding type games and that's probably going to then change what we like um direct us towards what decision we make in terms of what's most important to us because there is evidence that yeah it can blunt muscle protein synthesis but a lot of the research i looked at was more about um, post-exercise immersion so the effects of cold water immersion after exercise and the impact then that that does have on muscle protein synthesis and again yeah that has been shown that it does blunt muscle protein synthesis but in terms of like before training um i don't know if you came across anything that was more sort of before training um but a lot of what I saw was like post exercise.
0: Say synthesis some more synthesis. <laughs> <laughs> M- P- S- <laughs> um, I haven't I haven't come across um, research that looks at cold water immersion prior to exercise. Um, but I think like even even thinking about like the window of opportunity for elevating the rates of muscle protein synthesis. So for anybody listening who is like, what the hell is muscle protein synthesis? It's the building up of muscle. So you think about like your muscle fibers getting more kind of like they'll they'll get torn or get damaged during resistance exercise. And then they get built back up again um, after exercise. So in between sessions and when we eat protein that helps to elevate that even more. Um, so think of muscle, protein synthesis is that like you're building a wall and then muscle protein breakdown is someone's coming along and like taking bricks off and being an- that annoying person that's like knocking the wall down um so that's what that's so, that's what muscle protein synthesis is in a nutshell um I actually can't remember where I was going before I spoke about what muscle protein synthesis is I just went off on a tangent and now I can't remember what I was saying you were saying about in terms of the window so oh yeah the window yeah (laughs) so there's there's a very big kind of window where we have the opportunity to increase those rates of muscle protein synthesis so if you imagine you do a training session like now you have the opportunity to elevate those rates up to like 48 hours following that session so if at some point within that 48 hours, you are probably gonna go for a cold water dip with your mates for the crack, then like there's still gonna be opportunity around that to elevate muscle protein synthesis. I think where you're most likely to have the biggest impact is if you're doing that cold water immersion like immediately after your resistance training session, at least that's what like studies have looked at. again like I can't say what the impact would be if you went like before a session because I haven't looked at the research yet, so I'm not like quite mm-hmm. sure but you would know like to based on what we do know is probably to avoid doing it straight afterwards um again like, so, like going back to what Sarah had said like it depends on what your what your priorities are right now um and yeah it's not it's probably not going to make you like lose muscle um but yeah, in terms of the the cold water immersion stuff, it does help in what we call like acute short-term recovery from exercise, whether that is resistance training or some other form of exercise, like a more endurance event or like a sporting event, like a football match, for example, if you've got a, a football player who is doing it has matches back to back, so like matches on one day and then matches the following day. Cold water immersion might be a really great way for them to reduce muscle soreness um, and to reduce inflammation, which then helps them to perform again the next day. But that's not the same as long-term um, adaptate, like benefiting long-term adaptations. Like that doesn't happen. So actually, it blunts long-term adaptations more in like resistance training as opposed to endurance i think there's actually been like studies that show it can be quite beneficial for endurance um adaptations but it's not the same for um resistance exercise and it's quite interesting i was like trying to find what the magnitude of effect was because i actually I, i didn't know the answer i i kind of like had this assumption that it would be relatively large um and yeah, it looks at like a, a bit of a review and the research. So basically, basically in the research when they study this, there's there's two kinds of studies that they really do. There's like the short term impact on resistance exercise or the adaptations to resistance exercise so the researchers will get people to do about a resistance exercise then have an ice bath and just do that once and that doesn't really tell us you know you can't then attribute that to real life right you can't translate that into a real life scenario because somebody's probably going to do it more than once and if they did it once it's not going to have any impact so we don't really care that much about those studies but the studies that were more interesting were the ones that did it longer term so you're looking at like 12 six two weeks for example so most of these studies the way that they actually did it is that they the participants do a resistance training session and often this will be to work like the quadricep muscles so the top of the thigh so they either do like something like four sets of 10 at like 80 percent of their one rep max on each leg so they do like either a leg press or a leg extension and then what happens is the researchers get them to immerse both of their legs in water. One leg gets immersed in like cold water. So it could be like eight degrees, for example. And the other leg gets immersed in what we would call like a control immersion. So it's normally about 30 degrees or like somewhere. What's body temperature again? Is that like 32.9? Uh, uh, be...
1: I've got a higher number than that in my head, but I feel like it's got, isn't it 37?
0: oh um, yeah okay. Wait, I just, it's gone out of my head body temperature 37 you're right Sarah so it's like a little bit under body temperature but it's not cold cold water so you've got like that control there because you could say you could argue that putting like one leg into water it's just like the placebo of putting it into water and that might have an impact so the researchers get them to immerse both legs and then they come out they have a muscle biopsy which is where they literally like will put a needle like quite a thick needle in someone's muscle like stab it into their muscle and draw out a tiny section of that muscle so they have like a a baseline to look at so this is what the muscle looks like before we give this person protein and then what they do is they give them protein which contains um uh like labeled amino acid so essentially what that means is they can like track and see what happens with the amino acid in the body so they can be like we know that they this person's had this much of this labeled amino acid and this is where it's ended up and this is how much of it has ended up here so they look at how much has ended up back in the muscle after they've eaten that protein so then they take another muscle biopsy so they take like several muscle biopsies so they like people have like holes in their thighs Dawn's so I'm saying I'm imagining two bowels next to each other and lowering a person <laughs> into both it's like um it's like back in the day when they tried to like figure out who was a witch like if you drowned you <laughs> weren't a witch and if you if you didn't drown then you're a witch and you got burned at the stake <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah they take several muscle biopsies and then they'll like repeat this over the course of however many weeks and what like some of the stuff that I was looking at was some of the founding findings found that there was as much as like a 26% difference in um not MPS um oh my gosh what's it called um oh I'm gonna forget the name of it it wasn't you can't like directly um muscle protein enrichment so that's them like looking at the difference between how much of that protein that they've ingested actually ends up making up part of the muscle um there was a as big as 26 percent difference between like both legs so the the leg that was immersed in cold water basically like uh, not used 26 percent less of the protein but there was a 26 percent difference which is like relatively big um so i thought that was like really that was really interesting to like actually know what the magnitude of effect was there and if that's something that somebody is going to be doing regularly then that's going to have a relatively large Mm. impact and the other thing I would say is that studies like this are usually done on like younger guys maybe like students or athletes for example so you can't necessarily translate that to a general population or like you can't just suddenly say like oh yeah because this is happening to this age group then in women who are perimenopause all the same thing is going to happen i would actually like probably guess that the impact would be even more for women and, and like people in perimenopause potentially don't know by how much but I thought that that was very interesting. Mm. And I'm going to stop geeking out now.
1: <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Because it's always nice to hear when, like, through the evidence of, like, and have the um, experiments, like, described and explained so you can get your head around what's actually been done. I'm always really intrigued, and obviously, how that translates to actual, like, strength and mass. Like, what does that mean? Because mm. that sounds like, obviously, that is quite a large number. When you really think about it but then what does that transfer over to in terms of strength gains and like muscle mass gains over a period of time how mm. big an impact does it how like yeah what's the magnitude of that effect on those things like the the transferable bit to almost like what we would notice in everyday because chances are you're not going to be like oh I can I can tell I'm not using like the full amount of muscle protein synthesis on here than I I usually would but how will that present itself in your life that you would notice like are you going to notice that you're not maybe getting as strong as some of the other people that you're training with or you're not putting on as much muscle mass. It's just really interesting of how big a difference that might be. But then saying that, putting on muscle mass is in itself quite difficult and takes a long time. So,
0: yeah, it's just a really interesting one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's such a good point that you make is like, what is that? Okay, like we know there's like these muscle protein enrichment rates and like all all of this sort of stuff that we can measure – like within the actual muscle itself but yeah what what is the translation to a real life scenario I'm actually gonna I'll maybe go away and have a look at like see if there's any studies that specifically look at like differences in strength because this was looking at muscle protein synthesis Mm. this wasn't looking at like the the strength stuff so I'll 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 go away and have a little look see if I can find something amazing block out like three days
1: in your calendar because you'll just (laughs) you'll have just gone down a rabbit hole which um, I know will be thoroughly enjoyable, but also be mindful of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, I love it. Such a great question, though. I think it is such a great question, because these are the kind of things where you'll see on social media or just in the news where it'll be that snapshot headline of something and it can really sort of pull a study out of proportion to what the actual impact is for us on a day-to-day. So I think it's a yeah, just a really good question to kind of deep dive into that a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet like there'd be some journalists who would like look at that study and be like, you get 26 you're 26% weaker if you have like if you do cold water, water immersion. It's like that's not what it says. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um Would you like another question, Sarah? Yeah, let's do it.
1: Let's go for another one. C to the kizzle. Another one. This is actually our last one.
0: Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, I've seen lots of adverts for collagen being added to coffee. Is this this a legitimate source of protein? And will it make me look 25? Ha. I think she meant ha-ha. Ha. Ha. (laughs) Ha. Oh, no, maybe she meant ha. (laughs) Love that love that <laughs> do you want to do another Ha! <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> amazing I feel like that could be in a song as well just just you ha, and in, in the background it's very beautiful wow I think this is another hot topic we've had quite a few questions not so much recently but I know when we were doing the Instagram lives collagen was a very hot topic really hot topic and that actually people that I've met up with that are not necessarily within the fitness world friends. They have, that's been the main question that I've been asked is about collagen. Oh, really?
0: Interesting. Yeah. What were
1: they asking? Again, similar to this, actually, not so much the legitimate source of protein, more the aging side of it, like the anti aging properties and kind of looking younger and that side of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that seems, that's obviously the bit that must be more reported. I think, of within sort of news articles and stuff must be more about kind of the properties for skin and anti-aging and things like that. Um, But, yeah, in terms of like whether collagen is like a legitimate source of protein, it does contain amino acids, but it's not a complete protein source. So you're probably going to be better off in terms of meeting your... Protein needs having a protein shake or eating food that's higher in protein in terms of that. So, yeah, if you're doing it for to hit like your daily protein target, I would probably say save your money because I imagine it's a bit more expensive and stick with things like whey or other protein powders. If you're plant based, then do stick with things like that because you're going to be hitting getting all the amino acid like profile from that as opposed to taking collagen where you're not going to be getting it for that um I haven't seen people adding it to coffee have you
0: yeah I have there's like a certain influencer that used to be on Hollyoaks that sells it and okay now I know who that is but encourages people to put it in their coffee along with stuff like MCT oil um and I'm like like why does it need to be in coffee it doesn't need to be in coffee like it, if you're going to take collagen for the like benefits to um like skin and hair and nails which I don't know much about like I think kind of I have you know I've spoken with other clients who have taken collagen as part of like their daily supplements but not instead of like complete sources of protein. They do take collagen because they say it they notice a difference in mm. their skin and their hair and their nails. And I think that's fair. And if you've got the means and the money to invest in collagen supplements, then like by, by by all means add it to your supplements. But we would never recommend it as something that was like a required supplement, like say for example, vitamin D if you live in the UK in the winter. Mm. Um but yeah with it's funny with this one because what Will probably happen is there's probably um again, what's the magnitude of effects? Like, we went back to that question that Dawn was asking. Um, what is the magnitude of effect here? And are there other things that you could be doing that will like benefit, like skin health, for example? And the, the answer there is yes, you know, things like staying hydrated, like wearing sunscreen. Um, can't think of any other thing, like, um reducing like alcohol intake, um, avoiding smoking, that sort of stuff is going to have a far bigger impact on the health and aging of skin than like taking a collagen supplement is. Um, Yeah I think that's really the only thing I have to say is like if you're already nailing all those other things that I've just mentioned and you still want to take collagen then like absolutely like go and take it and maybe you'll notice a bit of a difference but also I would also challenge the comment about like it making you look younger and like what's that like what's behind that what's like the desire to look younger and is it is that coming in from like an internal place or is that coming from like an external place or you know women women age and age is like a it's a bad thing to look older right so I would I would also question that I think that's like quite interesting an interesting part of it Mm.
1: It's mad. I mean, I feel like there you've sort of just started to peel back the top of a can <laughs> of worms because <laughs> I can probably Sorry. talk about that for ages. Oh, but go yeah, on, please. No, it's just really interesting, isn't it, that often within society women generally are spoken about more negatively as they get older. You know, I say that as they get older. Within magazines often it will be, you know, flaws will be pointed out for women, but there's definite thing about people people looking older, they've let themselves go. And usually it's just they've not had a load of collagen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've not had collagen in their coffee. Like a load of surgery or something like that to keep themselves looking youthful. Yet a man ages and he's more you know, like I a fine wine. <laughs> yeah. It's just really interesting when you see the narratives out there. And I don't follow a lot of things like that at all. So I'm I don't really tend to see it, but I'm very aware that that tends to be how it's sort of portrayed: is more women, you know, kind of you losing their youthful beauty, whereas men sort of age like a fine wine. That tends mm-hmm.
0: to be the societal take, and it's not true, people. It's not true. I was having a similar conversation with Hannah the other day about like how as women we can't like really win as women because it's either like oh she's really young so you know like she's she's too young to have any knowledge about the certain area or mm. to be taken seriously and then suddenly you're too old and you look too old and you're haggard and you're like loopy and like, it's yeah. like we can't win
1: i'm sure there's like a peak six months where you're accepted but i'm not quite sure what age that is
0: (laughs) well we've all passed it mate we've all passed it probably
1: yeah no it's just wild isn't it i think yeah there's there's so many things there that are wild and like i said it's quite a it's quite a large topic but it's wild peak six months (laughs) probably is six months okay we'll stretch it to a 12 months (laughs) <laughs> I wonder when that is I don't know I'm yet to I have the fear we've it. passed I think we've passed it mate <laughs> I, I actually think we've passed it oh shucks it's all downhill from here <laughs> not at all oh. It's. I think that's it It's. I think with age and stuff a lot of it is about what how you feel isn't it and what you do and how you experience life
0: yeah there's a lot to that topic an awful lot I mean I'm 33 and I still feel like I'm 19 years old I'm like am I really an adult what yeah I do think I remember though speaking to my grandma about this shout out to the GMA
1: she (laughs) is in her 90s and I said that to her about not ever feeling like an adult and Do you ever really feel like an adult and she said no so i took that as she's a legend so i'll go with that
0: (laughs) hannah i feel like i've been 50 since i was five (laughs) i can relate to that i can't relate wow (laughs) i mean actually no to be fair like i've you know how i've been doing my my couch to 5k i've now finished week four um but I've like noticed like aches and stuff where I wouldn't have normally felt aches a few years ago. I'm like, oh, my knees. What? Wow. What's happening? Need some collagen. Yeah, yeah, that would help. Um, Dawn has a question about sissy squats. Oh, amazing. What do you think about sissy squats? I found the little gizmo in my gym to do them the other day. Oh, I do. <laughs> like Catherine them. is just a walking ache. At the
1: moment. <laughs> How lovely thanks Anna <laughs> cheers friends um sissy Squatch. yeah do you know what I love when you have that little gizmo in the gym I've only had one gym where it's had it but I couldn't lock into it so I couldn't use it but I think yeah go ahead if you want to add them in I think they're a great exercise for the quadriceps they're a little bit different you know we're doing a lot of other exercises within the program that are going to build your quads anyway But if you're looking to isolate them and you want to do something a little bit different, you want the challenge of the movement, because it is quite a challenging movement, sissy squat, then I would say, yeah, give them them a whirl. I've never actually tried a sissy squat before. Have you seen the little little gizmo for it? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I've just just never actually... Give it a go. Let us know how you get on.
1: Yeah, maybe just do one or two sets of like a lower amount of reps and just feel the movement. It is because it is an odd thing. There's almost like a a trust part of it where you're like, am I gonna fall backwards and fall over? So just getting used to that is in itself probably a challenge. So try that first and yeah, let us know if you can walk after. <laughs> I, I think you should be fine just really ease into it though yeah when yeah. the gym's less busy and put a crash mat there no you'll be sound like you can lock into it it's just yeah you really do need that on your like on your shins that lock in so that you feel stable
0: and your feet don't lift up and no cold cold water immersion immediately afterwards Dawn thank you
1: unless you do want to reduce the muscle soreness then head straight in <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, amazing. Well, that's all of our questions. questions. We're, we're all out of questions.
1: We're all out of questions. We're so out of questions.
0: <laughs> that was so, yeah. incredible.
1: We've got um second lot of check ins next Thursday as well. So that will be delightful here how everyone's getting on. Halfway Mark, who obviously had our second emotional eating workshop this week which was delightful so we have another two of those coming up as well we are well and truly in the swing of things and it's a delight Mm
0: -hmm. thank you very much for joining us live and i hope you enjoyed listening back if you did enjoy make sure you follow the podcast because we come out with a banging new q a every single week and sometimes some extras um and share with somebody that you might think this will help Amazing. Have a
1: ledge weekend, peeps.
0: Enjoy. Bye.